Neves Solicitors are proud to sponsor The Parent Show. The friendly team at Neves includes specialists who can guide you through all the legal ups and downs of family life. Visit nevesolicitors.co.uk. Neves Solicitors, your complete legal solution. A very warm welcome to The Parents Show on Radio Verulam 92.6 FM. I'm Lydia Elcourie. Good evening, everyone. I'm Seema Barker. We have such a busy show ahead of us, don't we, Seema? We do, and it's the kind of uh, topic that uh, just absolutely warms the cockles. It really does. There's nothing better than children's books. That's it, exactly. And actually, children who've read their books, and we have five of them in the studio now. If only you could see what was in front of us right now. And they are all fans of Christopher Edge, who is a children's author. And his his books include 12 Minute to Midnight, The Infinite Lives of Maisie Day, The Jamie Drake Equation, and The Many Worlds of Albie Bright, to name just a few. But he's also written a really helpful guide for children, and uh, maybe parents as well, <laughs> and how to write your best story ever. And we're going to speak to Christopher in just a few minutes about what his inspiration is and uh, how to write a good story. We will, and that's going to be really quite exciting to uh, talk to Christopher. But we're also, we've also got here, and I'm not suggesting this is a highlight at all, but we've also got a panel of book re- reviewers from our local schools. Uh, we're going to be speaking to Louise and Charlotte from Crabtree School in Harpenden, uh, Layla and Sophia, sisters from Fleetville Juniors, and Matthew from St. Peter's School. Can we just get a quick hello from all you guys, nice and loud? Hi. Hi. You don't need to be scared. You can do it louder than that. Hi. There you go. They are all brimming with confidence and eagerness to tell us uh, what they thought of the selection of books uh, that they've been reading by Christopher Edge. So it's going to be great because we're going to hear from Christopher first, uh, talking to us about writing these books, and then we're going to be talking to our expert reviewers, um, the target audience and what they think of them. We're also going to be playing music uh, from two budding local artists, Emily Hughes and Tom Horsley. Yeah, so they're actually um, students from um, one of the Harpenden schools and they are, we're just going to play one of their songs. It's, a, it's their new single called um, The, oh, I've forgotten the name. I think it's called The Edge? No. The Craze. The Craze. There we go. Isn't that terrible? I've forgotten. Anyway, we'll play that later on in the show. That's just a sign of age, Lydia. It, is, it happens it to is. all of us, to the best of us. Well, some more than others, actually. And to round up the show, we're going to speak to a local dad and scout leader, Monir, Monir Ali, who is running photography workshops this summer. So if you haven't organised every minute of your child's six weeks, there's something to do. So uh, so stay tuned right till the end, till nine o'clock. We have so many interesting guests and uh, so much interesting information. And of course, you can always interact with us on Facebook or on Twitter. We're at Parents Show and uh, we'd love to hear from you and pass on your questions. So first up, we'd love to speak to Christopher Edge, who's joining us on the phone now. Hi, Christopher. Hi. Good how evening. Are, how are you doing? I'm good, thank you. Are you a bit nervous about our panel of um, book reviewers? I'm, I'm exceedingly nervous. I hope they're going to be gentle with me. I think they'll be very gentle. There's so many smiles in this studio right now, tonight. Um, Christopher, t- can you tell us a little bit about what sparked your interest in writing? I was one of those children who kind of uh, grew up in the local library. So I remember when I was a, when I was a child going to the library just around the corner of my house every Saturday morning 
basically just devouring the, the shells. So I kind of filled myself up with so many stories. That I think of my own stories then started to come out. But I didn't know there was a job that you could do called being a writer. And it was only when I was a kind of teenager, I had, I had the opportunity to meet a writer called Neil Gaiman. I wow. My comic book signed by him because he's a comic book writer then. He's now like adult books and children's films and TV. But back then he just wrote comic books. And I remember getting my comic book signed by him. And I remember looking at him and thinking, you're just an ordinary person and you've written this story that I love. That's what I want to do. I want to write stories. So that was the kind of the moment the start kind of uh, said to me that you can be a writer. So that was, uh, that was a nice moment. That's a wonderful moment. And, and also the fact that you looked at Neil Gaiman and thought you're just an ordinary person because actually children often look up to, and I know you said you're a teenager, but look up to their authors uh, as you know, authors of their favourite books as celebrities. These special people who are wildly famous and in a different world from them. But, that, but to be honest, if you write a story, I know a lot my guys in schools have been out in school today working with lots of children. All the children in the, the room that I've been in writing their stories, they're just the same as me. Yeah. We're all writers. No matter how old you are, if you're writing a story, you've got a story to tell, you're the writer. The only difference between me and them, or Neil Gaiman and me back then, was he had his books in the shops and I didn't. Yeah. <laughs> and and that, that's it, really. And, you know, we can, it's very easy to put kind of, you know, authors on pedestals. Uh, but, and when you look at a book on a shelf, you see the finished thing. You're not yeah. seeing the writer's notebook, which has got all the crossings out and scribbles and the spelling mistakes. So I, I'm, I'm a big proponent of kind of demystifying writing and making writing and storytelling you know accessible for everyone this is a geeky question chris sorry excuse me for asking this question but when you just mentioned a notebook do you handwrite your books then or do you uh type them i tend to predominantly most of the time write my first last in hand wow it keeps me away from the internet which is full of distraction yeah and i type them up and that typing what becomes like a second that yeah, okay, so you kind of, you lock yourself away from any distractions. You, I can just imagine you with a with one notebook and one pen and maybe a packet of digestives. Uh, minus the digestives, I might go for a packet of hang plastic, Haribo. Right. <laughs> fair uh, enough, fair a enough. A bit more of a sugar rush and get more words done. But, uh, yeah, I, uh, but you can write anywhere, though. So some, I do some of my best writing when I'm travelling by train. Yeah. And and you've talked about um so being inspired when you were younger to be a writer. Do you think that people are born writers? Do you think they just have those skills or maybe they need to have those skills when they're as young as, you know, our reviewers tonight or do you think these are skills that they can develop as they get older? I think they can I think basically everyone Everyone can be a writer. I mean, every writer, you talk to any author, every writer is a reader. So I yeah. think one prerequisite you need to be a writer is you need to be a reader. You, know, kind of a, you need a love of stories. It might not be stories in books. It might be stories from films or television or even video games. You find inspiration from anywhere. And then you need to kind of connect the stories that you consume, that you take into yourself, and then kind of make connections with the stories that you want to tell, the stories that you want to create. You know, there's lots of entertainment out there in the world for us to 
consume, I, I kind of think it's a, we, we also need to be putting our own stories out there too, so we need to be creating at the same time. So I think it's about celebrating, as a, in terms of helping children, it's about celebrating the stories, enjoying whatever form they enjoy them, but then giving them the space to then create their own. And do you think um, there's, so with some of your books, uh, Christopher, you've been writing um, that they're a bit sciencey based. Mm. Do you think that there's a particular, uh, you know, uh, did you start writing for a particular boy or girl uh, audience, I suppose, is, is the question? Because obviously now a lot of schools do a lot about trying to encourage girls uh, to be interested in science and maths and, the, you know, what we regard as the STEM subjects. But how did, you know, did you approach it, thinking about boys or girls? Or was it no, just what you wanted to I, write about? I, it's basically, yes, it's that last thing. I really don't think about lead as much. It might be terrible to admit that, but I've got stories I want to tell. And, you know, I, I, I kind of, I don't even think I like books for children. I like stories. I don't think they are things like books for children, but I don't think basically the heart of it. A story is a story, and it's, you know, we can put different covers on the Harry Potter books and sell them to adults. And put yeah. different covers on them and sell them to children. At the end of the day, it's all stories, and I don't kind of think about the read. I hope that my book is up by boys and girls, but also by grown-ups, and enjoyed on the level that people want to read them. And you know, in, in in the books I've written, I've written books where the main character is a boy in the many worlds of Albie Dwight and the Jamie Drake equation. But I've also written books where the here there was a girl, like sort of a story I wrote the Infinite Life is made today, which is about a girl mm. who's very good at science. She's kind of very good at those STEM subjects, and she uses her knowledge of science to kind of solve a mystery about something that happened to her. And I think that's fantastic, Christopher, that you're, you know, your main characters are girls as, as much as boys. You know, quite often you find there are books that are just for girls or books that are just for boys. So I love that you mix it up between the two. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, definitely. Can you talk to us a bit about creative writing and what you'd say to parents out there who've got children who are not keen on writing or are very keen on writing? What would you, what's your advice? I think to give them the space, give them the opportunity to, to you know, tell their stories and write their stories, whether it's kind of a, making a comic book or writing a story that's, you know, for the 500 words competition or whatever form they want to do it. Give them the space to do that. When it comes to creating a, a love for writing, or we we need to kind of avoid making it feel like school in a way, because you know, at school they're very hot on you know grammar and spelling and stuff. So I think if, if you've got your ch- your child writing at home, don't be kind of correcting their spelling every second. Don't be uh, you know kind of a Accepting their grammar or whatever. Not that there's not space to do that later on, but I think there's, there's a space to, for the children to have the freedom to write what they want to write and that freedom to create, to celebrate that creation. And if they want to kind of have help and you want to kind of, they want, they want you to give feedback on it, that's great. Get engaged with it, you know, enjoy it with them. And maybe even get involved in doing it yourself, you know. Cause, uh, you know writing's a really enjoyable act it can be it can be a deeply frustrating act as well when, yeah. when it's not going well but it can be enjoyable so why not write your own story i think you know modeling for children as much as kind of in in the you know, in our homes you know for children to see you reading as an adult is a very 
reading a novel is an adult is a very powerful thing, but also to see you writing and creating and doing those things that you're trying to encourage them to do. That's a great way of inspiring them. That's brilliant advice. And particularly about the not correcting. So you're saying let the children go with it. Get get into a yeah. bit of a flow and enjoy the process. Just, just enjoy the story they want to tell. Yeah, that kind of because when you start worrying about spellings and when you start worrying about paragraphing, it's not, not, I'm not saying at all it's not based on later on, but not to take away from that joy of creation and that joy of creativity, I think. Fantastic. That's really, really great advice, Christopher. And um, and one thing that's great about your books is the whole building of suspense. And and uh, we we love the way you do that. So I'd like to get and pull the children in and, and get their opinion about the books. So we'll, we'll work our way around around the studio and we'll start with Matthew. Matthew, do you want to tell Christopher and tell the uh, your listeners uh, which book you read? And tell us how old you are, your school, the whole lot. Um, I'm ten. I go to St Peter's School um, and I read The Longest Night of Charlie Noon. Aha, fantastic. Right, scoot over. Next person on the microphone. Um, hi, I'm Louise. I'm ten years old and I go to Crabtree School in Harpenden. I read... 12 Minutes to Midnight and The Infinite Lies of Maisie Day. Excellent. Two books. Thank you very much. Um, hi, I'm Charlotte and I'm 10 years old and I go to um, Crabtree School in Harpenden. Um, I read The Jamie Drake Equation. Excellent. Right. And round to the other side of the studio. Hi, I'm Sophia. I'm 7 years old and I, I read... The Many Worlds of Albie Bright. Thank you, Sophia. I'm Layla and I'm nine years old and I'm from Fleetville and I read The Jamie Drake Equation. Excellent. So we've got two with The Jamie Drake. Brilliant. So we'll get two opinions on the same book. So let's start. Back to you, Layla. Tell us a little bit about what you liked about The Jamie Drake Equation. Because Christopher is listening in. I liked how it was space themed and it was about how Jamie's dad went into space and about aliens on Jamie's phone and yeah. Aliens on Jamie's phone. This sounds very curious. Yes. Was it exciting? Yes, very exciting. Right to the end? Yes. Did it have you on the edge of your seat? Yes. It did. Excellent. Who else read the Jamie Drake equation? Pull in a microphone there and tell us. What do you? How did you find it? Um, well, I found it um, um, really exciting, and um, it was like sort of confusing at some points because there were lots of things going on at once, and um, yeah, there was lots of tension. Oh. I, we, we love a book with tension in our house, the, the build-up and, you know, when you're almost gasping, you're dying to read the next chapter. Did you feel like that? Yeah. Excellent, excellent. Sophia, which book did you read? I read The Many Worlds of Albie Bright. And tell us a little bit about it. Um, well, I, well, I liked how um, Albie, um, like, travelled through loads of worlds and met new people that lived in there. Yeah. And how how did that work? 
Well, he, he, it's because his mum died, so he wanted to find her. her. And did he? Did he find yeah, her? Yeah, in the end he did. Fantastic. So was it, was it a happy ending? Yeah. And what was your favourite thing about the book? Well, I liked how, I liked how um, he, he was like having an adventure. Do you like adventure books? Sophia? Yeah. Really? And um, so what do you think about, was it, was it scary at any point? A bit at the end of one of the um, universes. Oh, so there's different universes. Yeah. Aha, uh -huh. great. But did you want, was it a page turner? Was it the kind of book that made you want to chain, turn the pages all the time? Yeah. Excellent, excellent. Now, back to you, Matthew. Come on, we want to hear all about your experience. Um, it's about... Um, So tell us about the book. So which one are you talking to us about? Um, the Longest Night of Charlie Noon. Um, and like they get stuck in a, lost in a forest. Excellent. And, Just um, coming close to the microphone there. Um, like lots of weird things happen. Really? Yeah. Um, is it is it something about a night that might never end? Yeah. And, and and did it have lots of tension in it, Matthew? Yeah, I'd quite a lot. So did you did you were you able to read it quickly? Because sometimes when we're reading a book that has lots of tension, we just want to keep reading. And our mums or dads say, No, it's time for bed. But we want to keep reading. Did you have that with this book? Yeah, I did. <laughs> how how long did it take you to read? Were you able to read it really quickly because you didn't want to put it down? It took me like a couple of days to Oh, read it. that's that's quick work very zippy fantastic matthew what was your favorite bit about the book matthew's deep in thought listeners he's uh he's holding his lip and he's thinking very hard about this answer go on tell us um probably the part at the end where they get out of the woods and they like come home and they like tells us what happens to um, people one of them like drowns in World War 2 really and was that scary yeah well that just happens in like a prologue I see I see excellent excellent right I have a question do any of you have any questions for Christopher because he's listening to what you've been saying about his books now has anybody got any questions about the book that you read Charlotte would you like to ask a question Matthew I'm gonna try and think of a one excellent I, I'll ask a question while, just in case one, uh, uh, the others are thinking about it, which is, Christopher, when you write these, do you have a, do you know where it's going to end when you start? Do you, because I know authors write very differently. Some of them have their plan from the beginning, but some of them write and maybe it changes. They don't always know where they're going. And obviously this, by the sounds of things, there's some complicated plots going on here. Yes, there are some complicated, <laughs> I, kinda, I was listening in kind of like, I'm glad that everyone enjoyed the story because, yeah, this, especially with the longest night of Charlie Noon, as Matthew said, there's some weird things that happen in the woods, and it's just that when you get to the end, you realise 
what some of those things were and it's a book that hopefully if you go read it again yeah you can make connections between those uh things will make sense because all the clues that a story like the long time challenge is a mystery story but all the clues about what happens is there on the page and i do i know i always know the the arc of the story i know what the, the situation is i know the characters i know where they're going to get to but sometimes when i'm writing the book how they get to those places might involved as I like. Right, okay. Because, yeah, it's just, because sometimes, I know with my own children, sometimes if they set out to to write a story, I might say to them, why don't you think about where you're going first? And they never want to do that. And and it, that's fine, you know, but I always wonder whether just thinking, oh, this is where I want to get to, might help, or whether actually you just, you know, I, I wonder whether drifting sometimes makes it harder when you're writing a story. Um, I think different writers work in different ways. You know, yeah. I think I've heard people talk about it as plotters, people who plot their stories, which I think I'm more tend towards. And then there's people called panthers who kind of write by the seat of their pants and they're making girls <laughs> as they go along. And I think it kind of splits down pretty much 50-50 about what type of writer. Right. Around the range of people in there. But the, the, the thing for me is always have a sense of, the stories are kind of exploring ideas and the sense of what idea I'm exploring in the story and how best to kind of uh, to, to, to show the journey to get a lead through those ideas. Brilliant. And we have a question from Layla now. Uh, she'd like to ask you, Christopher. Okay. It, is any of the characters real, like you know them? You're not when you write fiction. You're not allowed to put real people in your stories because if the real person spots himself in your story and says, "I'm not like that," they can sue you with a lawyer and get lots of money. So you're not really allowed to put real people in your stories. But there's actually a real one of the characters. I wrote a book called The Worlds of Albie Sight, and there's a character in it called Dylan, who's a cat. There's a psychopathic cat who lives next door to Albert, and that is based on uh, a farmer next door neighbor's cat who was called Dylan. So if that cat ever gets a lawyer, I might. <laughs> oh dear! So don't, yeah, anybody got a cat called Dylan out there? Um, great. And Charlotte, did you want to ask a question? Pull the microphone round to you there. Good girl. Um, in the Jamie Drake equation, there's loads of like complicated facts about space and um, a few like a bit of algebra did you like know the like the facts and or did you like have to look them up oh good I had, question I, I had to, with all my books and so lots of my books are kind of inspired by science but I kind of get that I have to read things to find out those facts about science or astronomy or quantum physics and Albie Bright or questions about time in Char- the longest night Charlie knew so I checked I, I find the facts myself, and then when I finish the story, I get the stories checked by real scientists. So the Jamie Drake equation was actually checked by an astronomer who works for Sky at Night magazine. So I make sure that all the facts in my story are all true. Yes. Yeah. You're always pretty much there, Christopher. Sorry. I think you'll have to start that question again, Seema. Oh, sorry, I think I didn't quite get through. I was just wondering, do, do you ever have any glaring mistakes? Do they ever say, give it back to you and say, well, that's not right? Uh, no, not so much. No, a, a, a story I wrote called The Infinite Lives of Maisie Day, which has quite a lot of 
Maisie's a very intelligent scientific girl, so there's lots of things about theories of relativity in there. So sometimes my, my very small brain kind of struggles to understand it and then struggles to then put it into the story in a way that's interesting and understandable. But no, I've not had too many. Oh, well Usually done. I'm, I'm, yeah. Brilliant. Pat in the back. Absolutely. And uh, Christopher, we we're, the questions are coming in thick and fast now. We're over to Sophia. Sophia, what would you like to ask Christopher? How many books have you written? I've written about 10 books now. So, yeah, so I think the longest night challenge is that to my 10th novel. I've also written these books like How to Write Your Best Story Ever and How to Be a Young Writer, which is about writing stories. So I think in total, I've added up my fiction books and my non-fiction books. I've written about 15 books now. Kind of, kind of, kind of amazing to me. <laughs> Fantastic. Louise, what's your question? Um, well, how, where do you get your ideas from? Because I think that some of them are really interesting, like in The Infinite Lives of Maisie Day. Well, The Infinite Lives of Maisie Day, which is about this girl who wakes up on the morning of her 10th birthday, very excited, but when she goes downstairs, she can't find her family and when she opens her door she just sees an infinite blackness outside it's like the universe has disappeared and that story actually started with an image coming into my head of a girl standing at the front door and opening her front door and just seeing this empty blackness and I got that image in my head and I thought what's the story what's happened there and that was really me asking questions about that image that then made me come up with a story you can get ideas from lots of different places. I got the idea for the Jamie Faith equation about a boy who's dad's an astronaut. Kind of inspired when Tim Peake was up on the International Space Station. I just thought to myself, how would you feel if that was your dad up there? And that then sparked the idea for Jamie Faith, whose dad's also an astronaut. And ideas can come from different things, and sometimes I'm influenced by things happening in the world around me, and then they might get me asking questions that I then put into my story so the longest night of Charlie Noon is a story that's a bit about how you know in the world today with things like climate change you can be worried but what I wanted to write in the longest night of Charlie Noon is a story about three children who face their fears and realize that they can change the future and they can help to build a better future so ideas can come from anywhere places you go people you see stories that you read and they can all kind of be fuel for your own story Brilliant. Thank you, Christopher. And now we have a last question from Matthew. Do you ever, like, just wake up and you've got an idea for a book in your head? It's kind of... I'll have sometimes a spark of an idea, and usually it's kind of a last thing at night, so sometimes I'll be reading a book in bed at night and suddenly something will jump in my head and I'll have to scribble an idea down. Uh, but sometimes it might just be one idea... And then making it into a story about it, it'll then, I'll then see how it joins with another idea that I've had. And then lots of time coming up with the actual full stories about joining different ideas together. I always think of it like rolling a snowball and it eventually becomes storyish. You add different ideas together, sometimes it can form into a story. So, yes, I can get these sparks of inspiration, but then to kind of change those from a story spark into an actual story might be more thinking time and ideas going on in the back of the head, my head when I'm doing something else. Yeah. So Matthew, are you going to put a notebook by your bed now in case you wake up in the middle of the night and have any story ideas? 
Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> Okie doke. All right. So, Christopher, we know you have a busy evening ahead of you and you have to leave us. And I just want to say a huge thanks from all of us here in the studio for joining us and for sharing your inspirations this evening. Oh, and thank you. And thank you to all of the viewers there for their very words that much. I'm really glad to have enjoyed the book. Does everybody want to say goodbye to Christopher? Bye. 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 Thank you. Take care. Thanks, Thanks a all. million, thank Christopher. You. So that was Christopher Edge, author there, um, who is the author of many books that we've mentioned this evening. And um, and uh, we still have our, our book reviewers in the studio with us now. So what do you think about the answers you heard? Does it, does it help you understand his books a little bit better? Yeah. Yeah. Come right into the microphone. Yeah, what did. do you think? Yeah, it helped. Like. It helped you understand the author? How to write like a book. Great. What about you, Leila? Did you find what he said, what he had to say about writing books interesting? Yes. What What did you think was interesting? Will you be having a notebook by your bed at night time? Maybe. Maybe. What about you, Sophia? Probably not. <laughs> Girls, what did you think? Um, I thought that um, it he like really helped like explain. Um, his ideas and where he got them from and it makes me like see the book from a different point of view now like yeah well that's excellent what about you Charlotte um well, it like makes me and helps me understand the book a bit more and like where he got all his ideas from does yeah. does it make anybody want to read the book again yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's interesting. Okay, so what he said makes you want to read it again. I see. Now the Christopher's not listening anymore. I want to know: Are there any bits of the book you didn't like? Go on, you can say it. It's okay, Louise. It's all right. Uh, I didn't like it um, in Twelve Minutes to Midnight um, in Bedlam in the hospital. Like when all the people were a bit mad, and one minute they were like talking normally, and the next they would they had to be taken away by like people. I thought it was a bit like not very realistic. Oh, not very realistic. Okay, did Matthew? Did you have any similar experiences? Yeah. Um. Was it like um? It's not, it's not really realistic, but it's not something I didn't enjoy. It's where he, like, their dad, when, if he's too late, there's, like, lots of cans. I think that's not very realistic. You think it's not very realistic. Ah, I see, I see. What about you girls? Did you find anything in the books that you weren't crazy about? I didn't write, really like how um, the mum the died. <gasps> Did the mum die in your book? Yeah. Well, that's a bit harsh, isn't it? Yeah, I don't blame you for that bit. Leila, how about you? Um, well, I didn't like how Jamie was, like, always arguing. Like, always. Oh, I see. Because most children don't argue at all. They're all angels, <laughs> aren't they? We know that. Right. And, and ish. <laughs> Matthew, did you like the... You said you liked the ending of yours, isn't that right? Well, how about you, Louise? Did you like the ending of your story? Um, yeah, I like the ending because 
just when you think that things are just gonna go smoothly, there's like another twist. Like, um, so there's still something to go wrong. And what, what, how did that make you feel? Um, it made me feel like I just wanted to read the rest of the book in one go. I just wanted to find out what happened. Brilliant. That's it. There's, I love books like that as well that just keep you on the edge of your seat. What about you, Charlotte? Was your ending, was it gripping? Was it exciting? Um, yeah, I think, like, um, things, like, sort of stayed the same, but they also changed a bit. Um, like, after the dad got um, got back from space, so the mum and dad had divorced, uh, then, so they were arguing before, but they were sort of, like, they were laughing together and they were, like, happy, but they still divorced because, uh, yeah. They were still friends. Yeah. Right. And you particularly mentioned, Charlotte, that you thought that parts of it were weird. And it sounds like Christopher meant parts of it to be weird. What do you think about that? Um, well, yeah, I think, like, he explained, like, why they're a bit weird. Um, but yeah. Fantastic. So, now, who wants to read another Christopher Edge book after this right so we've got five hands in the air oh that's great well maybe you can all swap each other's books because you've all nearly got different ones right does anybody want to do a shout out to your school just have a let's pass the microphone round and you can say hello to whoever it is out there who might be listening in or listening back to you let's start with you Matthew have the mic Uh, like St Peter's to who in St Peter's my friends do you want to name any? Um, Joe, Eddie. And you, what about your teacher? Uh, Mr. Wilding. Okay, so Mr. Wilding, hopefully he'll listen in and hear you saying a shout out for him. So, and now over to Louise, who would you like to say hello to? Um, to my teacher, Mrs. Wellam, because she's always inspired me to write more and she's helped me to like improve my writing. She'll be so happy to hear that lovely message. Charlotte, who would you like to say hello to? Um, also Mrs. Wellam, because like, she's a really good teacher and, um, yeah, she like inspires you. Fantastic. Oh, you're going to make her cry when she hears this. Right, Layla and Sophia, who do you want to do? Let's start with Layla. Layla, who do you want to do a shout-out? Um, my teacher, Miss Fig, because she said she would be listening. Right, and who else might be listening in with Miss Fig? Do you think she might have a little furry Tig- companion listening Tiggy. in? So Tiggy <laughs> and Miss Fig might be listening. So who's Tiggy? Um, our school dog. The school dog. Anybody in your class, Layla, you want to say hello to? Emma and Asha, my friends. Okie doke. And Sophia, who do you want to say hello to? Uh, my friends, Amber and Fedra. And, and what about your teacher? And my teacher, Miss Tate. Lovely. Great. No school dog in your classroom? No. no. Not this time. Okay, kids, thank you so much for joining us on The Parents Show. You've been great. And I hope you enjoy reading loads and loads and loads more books. So we're going to take a little break. Does everybody want to say a quick goodbye, a big loud goodbye? Bye. And we'll see you soon again. So we'll come back in just a few minutes um, after a break. A very warm welcome back to The Parents Show on Radio Verlum 92.6 FM. So we're playing a few tunes and we're hoping to play uh, another song in not... uh 
in the not too distant future from a pair of local local students at Roundwood School in Harpenden and they are um, Emily Hughes and Tom Horsley and they have a song called The Craze that we're going to play in just a few minutes for you but I just wanted to have a little chat with a new member of the uh, Parents Show team we've got Rebecca Rowe in the studio Hi Rebecca Hi So this is your first night on the Parents Show That's it, my debut What a debut <laughs> a, a studio full of full of children and phone calls and stuff what did you think about the author Christopher Edge I thought he was really interesting I thought really I think really really inspiring um to the children to the children here and, and, and all those listening as well and um I thought it was brilliant how it appeals to girls and boys and um I think yeah an author that can make science fun for kids is just brilliant isn't it really well I love that he checks the facts with an astronomer yeah. friend of his that I was kind of like I was I mean I was hoping the facts were accurate but I wasn't expecting him to say that he actually checks no, it very thorough very thorough <laughs> indeed very thorough indeed and it really seemed like the children genuinely enjoyed the books and yeah, got a kick out of out of reading it right definitely even though some of the I mean some of the storylines did sound a little bit dark yeah. but they'd they'd sort of taken that I don't know that they'd still really enjoyed it and um yeah I, I think it, yeah I, I think I thought it was really interesting and it was obvious how much the children really loved it and I love that he's getting stem for girls too yes. as well as boys because your inclination you kind of expected it just to go in the girls direction but he's clearly not doing no, that I mean, it was, yeah it was clear it appeared appealed to both and um, and the girls um, were just as enthusiastic as the, as the boys. Yeah. A very warm welcome back to the Parents Show on Radio Verilum 92.6 FM. Now we're going to play the craze twice. Um, that is the craze. What what a fantastic song. Hey, Becca. Yeah, it was pretty... The, voice, the voices were just amazing. Sorry, I've forgotten the, the name of the girl. It's Emily Hughes and Tom Horsley from uh, Roundwood Park School yeah. in Harpenden. And they these two budding local artists have actually known each other since they were six months oh. old. Oh, now that is that is a, well, maybe not love story. Wouldn't want yes. to assume. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a lovely it's story. It's a very nice story and a very beautiful voice. So they've written and produced this single, The Craze, and um, they've been mates since they were six months old. So well done, Emily Hughes and Tom Horsley. I have a feeling we'll be hearing a lot more from, from both of them. So now... Next up, and just to round off our extremely uh, fun and interesting evening, we have Monir Ali, who's joining us on the phone this evening. Hi, Monir. Hello, how are you doing this fine evening? We're doing great. How about you? I'm okay, I'm okay. I've just finished a scouting session, so I'm full of sugar. So you're full of sugar and you're multitasking on a level that is really beyond beyond what's expected. We, we're not going to talk to you about scouting tonight, no. Monir. We want to talk to you about this summer photography course. Tell us all about it. All right, cool. So, um, as you know, I'm a photographer. And um, during the summer holidays, I run this photography workshop for children to learn and appreciate um, um, photography. So it's um, a fun, it's six weeks of learning photography the fun way. Um, so we see it, all, see it all too often where kids are taking pictures and you, you, you're getting half of heads and legs of people, So especially when you go on holiday. So you, you get back and you would like pictures of towels, pictures of um, food, sausages and all that kind of stuff. So we want to teach them how to take a good picture and talk about composition, talk about focus, talk about depth, talk about subject matter in a fun way. Um, so we've got six weeks of it. Um, we're going to meet in, in, in St. Albans City. We do a little bit of theory, 
um, about three and a half minutes because any more than four minutes, the kids switch off on the ferry and they just want to go out and take pictures. So we just run around town, um, we set projects for them each week, we set a theme and they go off and um, explore um, photography that way. That is such a brilliant idea and what a great skill to share with kids over the summer holidays. H- how does that work, Monir? How many, is it once a week for the six weeks? Or? Yeah, so um, it's once a week um, for the six weeks and each session lasts about 90 minutes. Um, so I so say we, we meet up first, have a quick chat about what the topic and the theme of that session is going to be. It could be talking about um, the exposure triangle, which helps them understand um, how to work out light and how much light they need and play with light and work out the different um, permutations of what makes a good picture. They make off and they experiment on that, uh, maybe take some pictures of themselves, find some ladybirds, go and find some um, um, hummingbirds and all that kind of stuff and just um, uh, learn on that. So each week will be a different aspect of photography. So we've got things like depth of field, the rule of thirds, composition rules, um, and a little bit of editing as well. I want to do it. Never mind the kids. <laughs> yeah. That's brilliant. It's so valuable. <laughs> <laughs> I might be a bit oversized. For, no, for I, we'll, we'll also be running um, adult um, sessions as well. Um, but the idea was that see, I have two girls of my own, and in the summers it was very difficult to try and find something for them to do. So I ended up just taking them out and just um, showing them my skill, and they've kind of picked up on it now. So we've kind of developed the idea further, giving parents a break who are taking time off work, pulling the hair out in the middle of the summer holidays, what should I do with the kids? Um, and this is a nice um, educational alternative Absolutely. to um, so, watching TV. So virtuous. And we're running out of time, um, Monir, I'm really sorry, but we're going to put your, your it's portobellopicture.com, we're going to put it on our Facebook page and um, it's Great, incredible value, £100 for six weeks, I, uh, or they can come for just one session, isn't that yes. right? And is it quick, uh, just, sorry. Just quickly, is it, what, what age children do you think it's suitable for? Or? Um, we, in the past, have had um, five-year-olds up okay. to 13, 14-year-olds. Oh, wow, brilliant. Excellent. So um, we, if they book in advance, then we can work out a session. So if there's a mixed group, I can then tailor it for each different group, age group. That's excellent. So the more in advance parents can book, the the, the more likely they're they'll get a coherent group yeah absolutely fantastic and they don't have to do all six weeks you can just do one out of them or a couple drop in and out yeah absolutely fantastic money that's such a brilliant idea we'll be sharing it on our Facebook page great thank you very much have a good evening have a great summer thank you thank you bye 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 bye